Welcome to the I Can't Deal With This, episode 24. We got the regular compadres, the brothers in arms. How we doing, guys? The dudes. The boys. Dudes. The boys are back. The boys are back. The boys are back. <laughs> Dang, it wasn't cool we did like two weeks ago. Like seven <laughs> episodes ago. Not cool now. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> um, But what's up, folks? We have the Kobe episode this the week. Co- the Kobe episode, is it? It's been an emotional time. I mean, especially because last over the last couple of days, we've been mourning the loss. Well, not the loss, but the official ceremony of Kobe Bryant. It, it was a big one. Did y'all get a chance to watch any of the ceremony? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, a lot of uh, well, there weren't there weren't that many speakers, but I mean, I think the ones that they chose were just like perfect. Especially, Van- I mean, obviously Vanessa was going to speak, but like hers was just like. It was a so, tearjerker, man. Yeah, yeah. I think Vanessa's is really, really great. I think uh, Rob Palenka. A lot of people don't like oh, Rob yeah. Palenka because he just seems like a. I he's I'm, one of those like scammy agents, and now he's the GM of the Lakers and all that craziness. But he's Kobe's like best friend. He's been his agent for twenty years. Rob Palenka's was pretty was pretty powerful. Shaq was was, was amazing. Um, um, <laughs> where where Shaq was like. Kobe, there's no I in team. And, and Kobe, Kobe said, was like, there's an Emmy in that motherfucker. <laughs> yes. That was hilarious. Dude, I was laughing so hard. That, that was a good one. And but I thought, that, I was like, that's the most Kobe thing. Oh, yeah. If there's any other Kobe thing to say, that is it. Oh, like, yeah. That's that's a big one. Um, When Co- uh, Vanessa Bryant, when she did hers, dude, I was like on the verge of tears the whole time. Um, when What what she say? She says something to the extent of, uh, it was like God knew that they couldn't be like apart from each other, like on Earth or something. Like, or He knew he had to take both of them because they couldn't have been apart, or some some along some, those she lines. She said God took them together because God knew they couldn't live on this Earth without each other. Yeah, and I thought that was really really powerful. And then she yeah, was like, was... and later on she was like, Kobe, take care of our little girl in heaven. I got like oh, the three yeah. girls down here, down here, dude, and team, I yeah. like. And I still, dude, I lost it. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I was crying. Um, I was also, I also cried when she was like, "To to my babe and to my little girl, like mommy loves you." And that's where she left. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the amount of strength that that even takes to like remain composed up on that stage and I mean, in front and of thousands of people. Thousands, mil- millions, of millions of people out watching at home and stuff. But for a thousand people, the fans, and we're talking about—I don't think any one person is bigger than one person. But we're talking about like NBA superstars who are global, globally like so huge. And she's talking to these people, and these people are—they're all the whole world is on her, and she just took it well. She's not a professional like speaker or whatever like that, and she just did it perfectly. I think. Oh yeah, she. Yeah. She did perfectly, and especially, I mean, I, I think that it was really good to see, kind of really good for a lot of people to kind of have that closure um, and 
to really talk about the life that was Gianna and uh, Kobe Bryant. And so I think it was a great, great time. But kind of going on a little bit of a different note, did you guys watch any of the fight between uh, Dante Wilder and Tyson Fury? That was not what we were expecting at all. But mm. what did you guys take from it? Dude, I I mean, Tyson Fury went in there and did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to um, attack Deontay Wilder from the start, which he hasn't been known for in his career. He's been known for just, like, moving around and, like, technical skill. But to go in there and, like, just be fearless against probably, arguably, the biggest puncher in heavyweight history. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was – that sort of surprised me. But, I mean, this – Tyson Fury, I mean, right now he's the best heavyweight in the world. It's oh, unquestioned. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, Tyson put Deontay Wilder in a position that he's usually not in, and that's the position of backing up. Deontay Wilder is usually a forward fighter. He's like usually, you know, coming at the person. But uh, against Tyson, he had he was backing up a lot. He was he was backing up, trying to defend himself. He wasn't getting a lot of punches. He looked really wild. Like, his legs didn't look strong. And Tyson Fury just just took the fight over uh, from round two and then on. And, um, yeah. You you know why you know why his legs weren't that strong, right? Because he skipped his leg day. Or <laughs> it was because of all that armor he was wearing. That's the – Dude, that's dude the, when, he said, when he said after the fight, I wasn't – my legs were exhausted going into the match because – of all the, like the costume that he was wearing. I was like, dude, like, yes, you just had your first like major loss or your first loss as a professional boxer, yeah. but like, you got to own it. Like you can't blame it on your costume. And if, and if anything, nobody cares. <laughs> like, well, I mean, he didn't have to put the costume on. Yeah. Why, why did he not? If he knew a, that it, it was, was going to cool, be that. It yeah. Cool it, costume, it looked, though. It it looked great. It looked great. But I, I think that like, you know what you're getting into. You had to have at least somewhat put it on and been like, all right, I definitely want this. But yet you still go out to the ring with it. And also, like, we're not talking that he's running a marathon with this thing on. Like, he probably had it on for, like, what? Two, three, three, minutes, two, three minutes. Like, and if it's, like, 40, 50 pounds, like, that's that's heavy. But two, three minutes, that's not that long of a time. And then not to mention uh, Tyson Fury – is 273 pounds in the, at the weigh-in. So he had all that weight, like, weighing on Deontay Wilder as well with his legs being shot. So, I mean, that just – he was just tired out from the second round. On. i tell you what, though. Tyson Fury has to have one of the biggest gloves in boxing history because did you see him, like, two, three years ago? Yeah. This, dude, yeah. this dude was fat. Like, this dude, like, looked terrible, looked but like now a, he looks, like, ripped like a, and jacked and like stuff. An NFL, like, left tackle or something, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he looked like me, like, now, but, like. <laughs> six foot nine? Except six foot nine, yeah. I but, think, go ahead. Right. Um, I think that, um, I think, I just think uh, there was a, the I first knockdown, the first knockdown that Tyson got over Wilder, people were calling that kind of controversial because um, a lot of people thought it was, like, behind the head. And that's when they think, like, he busted his eardrum. And, like, when you bust your eardrum, that's when things start going crazy. Yeah, so, room starts to spin. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, thought, I just thought it was crazy. I think 
people, I want to call it an upset because I think a lot of people had Deontay Wilder winning. Oh, f- I mean, Vegas had Deontay Wilder winning. Winning it. So, and, so I guess you can call it an upset, but I think, honestly, Deontay Wilder wasn't too much great, way better fighter than Tyson, you know? Yeah. Tyson's undefeated as well, and they've been, they, you know, they've been fighting, and Tyson took a break. He went to WWE, you know, fought Braun Strowman. Did in he win? Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, got no, some it was, big it bucks. Was called a, it was called a double countout. Oh, yes, it was. It, it was, was a double, double countout. Count I remember that. But he got some good big money, and now he came back, and he's on top of the world. So um, I'm definitely ready to see tri- the trilogy, number three. So that was what I was going to ask it's you. It's definitely going to happen, bro, yeah. Yeah, because last week you said that you wanted to kind of be a – End in a draw again, so that it could be a trilogy. Do you oh, yeah, think that now it's, not it's done, definitely a trilogy? They're not done seeing each other just because, like, just because, like, when you have someone that is like is on the equal playing field as you, like that, you want to beat them. You know what I mean? If they beat you, you want to see them again. It, you know, so I think Deontay Wilder is not going to go down like that. I think he's definitely going to fight again, and especially because he didn't get knocked out. The, the the towel got thrown in on him. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I don't know. I, I am kind of with Dante Wilder on this fact of, like, if I get knocked out, let me get knocked out. Like, I don't like the idea of, like, yeah. that your corner, even at your expense, just throwing in the towel. Like, I know that they're supposed to have the best interest of you in mind, but to me it's one of those things where if I lose, I want to lose on my own, not, like, leave any doubt of, like, could I have something left. Yeah. Yeah, but if Tyson would knock something loose and killed him, then his corner would have got slacked for not throwing the towel in. So it's kind of like it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I yeah. definitely I definitely feel you. Like, let me lose, you know? Let me lose. Like, yeah. if I want to get yeah. knocked out, let me get knocked out. You know what I mean? Let the ref call it instead of you guys calling it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, also in this kind of sports age, that the sports week that we've gone through, D. Wade got his jersey retired, and as a Miami Heat feet, Miami feet, Miami Heat fan, is is the is he Mister Miami all time? Um, uh, yeah, of course. There's no other player that's been there as long as him. I mean, LeBron was a better Miami Heat player, but he wasn't there his whole career like D. Wade was. Um. I know we were talking earlier about all-time rank. Yeah, so where I know so he, where does he I, I've always said D Wade is the second greatest shooting guard of all time behind who? Michael and Kobe. Um so third? I said what did I say? You said second. Oh, man, why you gotta be I didn't know if you were putting <laughs> him above Kobe. No. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, so Number third. 3 shooting okay. guard of all time. Uh behind Michael and Kobe. I just think the way he came into the Miami Heat and put them on the map he got them a championship ring. He got LeBron to come down. He got two more championship rings. He's won an MVP there. Um, it's literally called Wade, Wade's Country. There. Oh, yeah. It's, that's his house. Um, when he stands up on the, the score table. Yeah. This is my house. Yeah, like, yeah. And I just think, I think definitely, I think if you had to rank them all time. Would you put him top 15? No. I give him... 27, 28. 27? The number three shooting guard of all time is going 27. Where would you put him at, buddy? I would give him – I would put him top 25. I would put him top 20. 
I can name 20 players better than D-Wade, yeah. See, here's the thing, though. It it's, all depends on kind of where you're, you're coming from. I mean, because to me, D-Wade – it was never the greatest score. He was never the best, best rebound getter, assist getter, whatever you want to call it. But he was by far one of the clutchest players that we've ever had in the game. Um, and so, based on clutch factor alone, other than maybe Kobe, maybe LeBron, maybe Michael, if the game's on the line and I'm down by two and I need a big shot, I'm going to Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so, that clutch factor is the main reason why I got him in my top 20. But – why, why do you put him top 27? I just think there's so many, like, really big, like, big men that were really great. Like, yeah, you have to put Bill Russell, Will, Shaq, uh, Kareem, um, Hakeem, Olajuwon, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You just have to put them up there above him. Then you have then you have all the wing players, Larry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, uh, Larry Bird. You have to put them up there. So that's my best heart. Right, so 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 this we're gonna do today, Jacob. You're gonna just nitpick on all my mistakes no, I make I'm on not, the thing. I'm not. I'm not. But, but side note, co- completely off topic. Yeah, dude, I went. I don't know what day it was, but dude, Bill Russell, dude, looks rough. Bill, Bill Russell, yeah. looks disgusting. Yes, he looks like. <laughs> like I know that he he came to this he came to the Lakers game with the Kobe Bryant jersey, and it was really like it was really good, and it was really heartfelt and happy. But all I was thinking while I was <laughs> watching that video is like, Bill Russell can barely stand on his own. Like, <laughs> I think, I mean, if if Wilt was still alive, I think them like side by side would be the funniest thing. Yeah, because they'll both look like old and like <laughs> no, like no, like Bill Russell looks like if you blow on him, he'll blow away. <laughs> like, he looks disgusting. Like he looks old. But uh, going back to uh, D Wade, I'm I'm not. I don't want to say like he's he, born in nineteen. 19- he was born in 1934. Yeah, bro. He didn't. Yeah, he done me through a whole Dude, war. That's war. almost 90 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, that's 80. He is 86 years old, and I feel like even that, like he looks 95. I'm sorry, I, I I interrupted, but go ahead, buddy. No, nah, but uh, I I don't. Yeah, back to D Wade. I don't want to say like he taught LeBron how to win, but like without him, I mean LeBron. I mean they needed each other, you know. But I think D Wade was like. Probably the most important thing to happen to LeBron in LeBron's career, I think. Now, hypothetical scenario, and this is a big what if. If he went to the if he if LeBron went to the Heat and they went all three, four years together and they didn't win a single championship, would have would LeBron have stayed with the Heat? Would he've gone back to the to the Cavaliers, and I know that this is a big what if, it's a big hypothetical, but what do you think would have happened if they wouldn't have got those, what was it, two championships? Two out of four, yeah. Yeah. Well, one, the 2012 Bulls would have a ring right now. Um. (laughs) True. Honestly, true. Rose. Honestly, the only team that was stopping that defensive, like, juggernaut team, which is crazy, you don't call a team juggernaut, but, like, they're – like nobody was scoring on them, but the Miami Heat, and I think they definitely would have beat like they would have beat the Thunder and they could have beat the Spurs the next year. But yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he would have left, but he he probably wouldn't have gone back to the Cavs until like like way later in his career. So do you think that <clears throat> I I agree with that? So do you think that he could have ever? 
had that prodigal son return type thing because and and then he won the championship. Do you think he would have ever went won a championship with the with the Cavaliers? Because if he doesn't win with the Heat, I don't think he has that winner's mentality going to the Cavaliers. Well, I think that I think yeah, I think that's what he needed is a, a win. I think LeBron had the winning mentality because he had been to the finals before with yeah. the Cavs. Yeah, but. He need to he need to win one. He need to have the trophy in his hand. And know what it felt like. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, um, I think I think the big what if is if they wouldn't have won, the team that probably would have beat them, if not the Bulls, but that Thunder team, James, oh, Russ, yeah. and KD would probably still be together if they beat the Heat team. True. Yeah. Um, I think the Spurs. I think. Tim Duncan and Mono would have retired a little bit earlier if they didn't have those rings. So, it's a, that that is that is a really big what if. That's a lot of you know alternate universes and stuff. I think he would have not gone back to Cleveland though. I think he would have left or he would just retired a Heat. Now, second question, and I know that this is another big what if, but would you rather have be a person in which went, was two and zero in the finals? Or somebody in which didn't win a single finals, but like like LeBron James went to eight straight finals. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather be two and zero, oh. um, just because. Yeah, I'd I'd definitely rather be two and zero. Oh. I think I mean I'm not doing throwing any shade on the eight finals. That's like impressive. That's like oh yeah, insanely incredible. But like look at look at all the like hate LeBron gets for it like. It's just, I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it. I'm probably the most guilty person of it, but it like just people like hate so much on that, and like it throws you like the second leading scorer of all time, Karl Malone, isn't even considered not like, in most people's top ten. Yeah, yeah. For because he got beat by Jordan all the time. So I mean, I'd rather have two. I'd rather have two rings. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely with Buddy. I think that the eight is impressive because I think especially. And LeBron has never really been injured. He's played 80-plus games in his seasons. You know what I mean? So, for you to play 80-plus for playoffs and go to the finals, so you let's say you're basically playing 100 games or close to 100 games, like year in and year out, that's impressive. But I definitely would want to be undefeated at the front in the finals. Now, kind of carrying on that same note, would you rather be kind of like a Joe Montana in which I think was 3-0 and in the Super Bowl or like a 4-0 in the Super Bowl or would you rather be like a Tom Brady in which he has five rings but he also has, what, four losses, three losses, something like that? So would you rather be undefeated in the Super Bowl or have more rings but also losses as well? So that's kind of tricky because Tom's dynasty lasted way longer than oh, Joe Montana's sure. dynasty. And also Joe got injured and got pushed out of San Francisco and went to um, went to Kansas City. But I think, I don't know, I would not want to be Tom and my two Super Bowl losses, well, three Super Bowl losses be to like Sub Eli Manning. Yeah. And yeah. Nick Foles. And Nick Foles. <laughs> and like, Nick Foles. Like you went against quarterbacks who won – Probably won't start for the Jaguars next year. And two is at home chilling with his brother. So <laughs> I would rather be Sean Montana with the four, the four no rings. All right. So, buddy, what do you think? Would you rather be four and zero or have more Super Bowls, but also losses involved with that as well? I'd rather, 
I'd rather be four and zero. I mean that that looks better. I mean five ring or six rings is good, but like like you said, the dynasty and stuff. <laughs> like you said, <laughs> the um the dynasty is cool, but I mean he was part of a dynasty, so like there's always gonna be that like on him. I think he should be a little like lowered just because of that, but. Yeah, four four and old. Well, here's one. Be. Here's one for you, John Elway. I think he went two and maybe two and three, two and four in the Super Bowl. So, would you rather have the like a like you don't win, you don't win all your career, but your last two years you win and you ride off in the sunset with a ring? I think that's the perfect way to go. Oh yeah, I mean I I agree. And kind of going back to what I was talking about with John or uh, Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Personally, I would rather be the Tom Brady of have more rings, just because in our in our society right now, your value, especially when it comes to being a quarterback, is based on your rings and how many rings you have. And yeah. so, if you have like Tom Brady and which has five six rings, like that's going to be incredible. Like you're going to be seen as a better player than a Joe Montana in which went 4-0 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and especially, like, first argument. I'm like, I've had plenty of arguments with people, Tom versus Drew. First thing they say is six rings. And it's just how the day is. It's way more simpler for people to understand. He won six championships, you know, so. Now. Yeah. Now, another one in this kind of – we'll get back to kind of the program. But would you rather have – and you have one of two quarterbacks. You can have the career of Super Bowls and everything of either one of these two quarterbacks. Would you rather have Dan Marino, in which didn't win a Super Bowl, or would you have Eli Manning, in which won two Super Bowls but had a very lackluster career, in my opinion? Pretty average career, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd rather be Dan. Dan made it. To Super Bowl, he is with. Well, I'm sorry, he didn't. Make, he no, didn't he, made, made, it. he, he made, made. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I he think made he made it. it like two or three times. He made it once, and then the second time he lost to the Patriots in '85. And if he would have made it that, he would have made it '85. He probably would have beat the '85 Bears team because he was the one loss that '85 Bears team had, and that four six couldn't stay, couldn't keep up with the spread, which yeah. that's why the four six is not used today because the spread's so big. So. I'd rather be Dan. People love Dan Marino. Yeah. Dan is the guy. Dan's the man. What do you think? Eli Manning with the two Super Bowls or Dan Marino who didn't win a Super Bowl but has passing records off the chart that literally spanned it for 20, 30 years? Um, I'd honestly rather go Eli. (laughs) Really? I mean, you can't put a price on Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's not like Eli was like – a terribly horrible – I mean, Eli, those rings he won, I, I forget how he performed. He he didn't perform that well, did he? In, like the, in two, the two? I mean, the two, the two rings? The two rings. Didn't he win Super Bowl MVP? He did, but he, – He might not have the reason well, that Super Bowl MVP. The re- Bowl yeah, MVP. Two, yeah, true. Um, But the reason he really – he really won was that defensive line on the other side of Tom Brady. They they were in his face the whole time. They kept time on on the ground. You can't throw the ball if you're on the ground. So I think the Giants' defense, the front seven, won it. But Eli threw the game winning touchdown. So, but yeah, I would I would go Eli. Um, because I mean, 
like you said, like when we were talking about LeBron, I mean, this the feeling of just like having that championship and being a part of like a whole process, like a whole season long process of that. I think that's that's like that's just me. That's what I would do or whose career I would have. Adam, you're a big you're a big football fan. Was Michael Strahan like an like an all time defensive end? Like, yeah, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, you don't have the mic up. Here. Sorry, folks. I think he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so would you put? I mean, is he like top five defensive ends? ends? No, but he's good. But he's not top five. No. Okay. Okay. Well. I, I just wanted to get kind of your opinion on kind of some of those what ifs or would you rather's. Um, but let, let's kind of go to kind of the quarterback position. I was looking on Snapchat the other day and they did the whole quarterback rankings for the 2020 year. Um, and so I want to hear what is who is your top five quarterbacks? And I want them ranked first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Me first? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can go for it, bro. I don't yeah. care, bro. All right. Number one. I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Talent level through the roof. Has no weaknesses in his game. Okay. Number two, I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go Deshaun Watson. Really? Okay. I just He has the heart of a champion, even though he hasn't won anything. But, I mean, still. He's and Michael then, Jordan of the NFL. And then three, I'm going to go Russell Wilson. Four, I'll go, four, I'll go uh, Lamar. And then five, I'll go Drew. Lamar number four. And I'll okay. Go, no, actually, four, Drew, five, Lamar. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, don't disrespect my man. <laughs> All right. Well, what, do, what do you think, uh, Adam? Who's your top? Same number one. I think Patrick Mahomes, I think he's just been the, the, the best quarterback the past two years. I think that he, you know, with those receivers. Now, I do want to see him with some average receivers and see how he plays because quarterbacks will look, look really good if you have a Tyreek Hill and a Travis Kelsey and a Sammy oh, yeah. Watkins. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But if he has a DJ Moore, not trying to get on your boy, yeah. but if he has like a DJ Moore and like Curtis Samuel, a Curtis Samuel, <laughs> yeah. If it, can he go to the pa- can he go to the Panthers and win? You know stuff like that. Um, but he's number one. Just he's number one. Just I don't see anyone that can touch him. I think number two, um, Russell Wilson. Just the consistency he's he's had over the since he's gotten to the league. Like he. He's been two Super Bowls. He's been in Pro Bowls. He should be in. He should have won an MVP. I don't know you what know that, that is. Russell Wilson has not had a single vote for him for MVP. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why, wow. what the deal is with that. And I think it might be a short quarterback thing because, like, Drew doesn't have one. Um, yeah. My number three, I want to go Deshaun as well. I think Deshaun, he just – I think Bill O'Brien – just needs to go. I think they need to get some young shot off of the minded coach coming there because they have great receivers: DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Will Fullers, Kenny Stills, um, Kiki, Kiki, uh, Kiki. I'm sorry, yeah, Kiki Kuti. They do they is Lamar Miller still in there? Lamar team? Miller's uh, Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde <laughs> yeah, on there. <laughs> he has a good team, but on the defensive they side, still everybody have an offensive line though. That is true. They need to work on the offensive line badly. This this has been a couple years overdue. Yeah, and I thought that that was gonna take a major step up when we when they got Laramie Tunsil yeah. from Miami. And it did a little bit, but not as much as people. Well, not as much as it should be. On the other side, I'm sorry, I'm taking a little bit long. But on the other side, JJ Watt, like bro, you need to either retire or just <laughs> be healthy because you getting beat up every year, like. 
not not only is like because I think JJ Watts out of his prime. So not only you're missing, it's like not like hurting us defensively, but like leadership. The 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 defense needs you, JJ. We yeah. need they need you, yeah. you know. And especially with J- Jadavion Clowney with Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Like, that he's was gone like, now. Yeah, I I mean it was a two headed monster, but now the the pressure is back on, on JJ. JJ Watt. Yeah, on JJ. JJ, you don't have to get the twenty two sacks like you used to, but you have to be the leader. You have to be there. All right, so you um, got number four. Top Three number, number four. Um, number four. I really don't want to say Lamar because I feel like Lamar is a quarterback that if you, he gets down by ten, they lost the game. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go Drew Brees. Uh, he's he's up there in age, um, but he still has his touch. He's he's learned how to like. He's he's not rolling out as much. He just. He just Drew Brees. He just like wine. He gets better with age. He just he's Drew Brees, and he's a better man than he's a football player. He's just that guy, Drew Brees. I think he just, I just think he's phenomenal. Like there's no one better than him. I think he's just amazing. <laughs> um, and number five, this is gonna shock you. Uh, it's not Lamar. I got Dak. I think oh. Dak had a gr- amazing season this year. I think it was kind of. Overshadowed by the bad defensive play, and he's in the worst division in the the league. I think he's gonna get his hundred twenty five hundred thirty million dollar guarantee money. If it was the Cowboys, it was with whoever. But I think Dak is the fifth best quarterback. Those are my top five. Mm-hmm. I think for mine, I would go with. I think I would go with Patrick Mahomes one. Um, all of you guys have kind of beat it home of this idea of there's really no. There's no weakness in his game. He can run. He can pass. He can throw it for 50 yards. He can throw it for five yards. Um, number two, though, I'm going with Lamar. Um, and the the reason is is because he is a dynamic two-way player. And I think that he's the best at what he does. And he can run. He can pass. And his running game is – we've seen it this season where he got over 1,200 yards. But his passing game isn't anything to sneeze at either. I mean, he's not the Patrick Mahomes in which can throw it 80 yards down the field. But if there's a guy open, wide open, 15 yards down the field, he can make that throw. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's, as a defense, that's like literally almost impossible to plan for. Um, so I'm going with that one for number two, Lamar. Number three, I'm going with Russell Wilson just because Russell Wilson, you talked about consistency. Every year, year in, year out. He's going to give you top – I mean, there isn't really a year in which you can think of in which he hasn't had a top five quarterback season. Um, and so – And where the Seahawks are not in the playoff contention as well. Yeah, and, and you you got to – exactly. You got to look at who's around him. I mean, yes, they had they have now Tyler Lockett and, T, and DK Metcalf, which even those aren't supreme stars kind of like De, uh, Deshaun Watson has. Yeah. But they're – DK is going to be, I think, pretty good. DK's going to be nasty. Yeah. Um, I think for, Oh, yeah, dude, he's huge. <laughs> I, for number four, I'm going to go with Dak. Um, I think Dak, just because I agree with you, he had a really good season. He doesn't get talked about much just because the Cowboys, You, if you love the Cowboys, then that's all they talk about is Dak, Dak, Dak. But if you hate the Cowboys, then Dak kind of gets put by the wayside. Um, and so I think he had a really good season. Number five, I'm going with 
I'm going to, with Deshaun Watson. Um, I would put your boy Drew up there. Um, and I think as of right now, talent-wise, he is number five. But the thing that scares me is I can't trust Drew every year to come in and give it his best work because you never know when Father Time is going to catch up with him. Yeah, like it that's ca- true, yeah. When it caught, like it caught up to Tom Brady last season. Um, but I'm for, glad you said that about Tom because a lot of people – a lot of people just Oh, Tom's going to show up in the playoffs. He's fucking ageless. And I'm like, no, he looked horrible this last season, but I'm yeah. sorry. Go. <laughs> so, number five, though, I'm going with Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson still hasn't hit his prime yet. I still don't think that he's hit his, like, true potential. Um, and when he does, I think it's going to be nasty. And I think, honestly, I would love to see, because I think Russ, like Russell Wilson, as good as Russell Wilson is, I think he's kind of hitting the tail end of his prime. Now, he could be an ageless wonder like a Tom Brady, like a Payne Manning, like a Drew Brees. But to me, it seems like he could be kind of in the back end of like within the next three, four years, kind of like Phil Rivers is now, not even talked about. Um, and so I'm going with number five. That's horrible. I'm going with <laughs> – I, I don't think Russ is that old, though. No, I, but I think he's like 30. He's – yeah – He's about 30 because I think he came the year after Cam. And Cam's 31, going on 32, so, yeah. Yeah, and I don't – and personally with Russell Wilson and how – what kind of quarterback he is, I don't see him lasting as long as those Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning because Russell Wilson also isn't afraid to, like, run the ball. And I think in a quarterback game like Lamar, one of the biggest things about Lamar is he's a great quarterback, but – who knows how long that can last? Because just like Cam, Cam's feeling it now, but in Lam- for Lamar at five years down the road, it might be a completely different story. Oh, it, it, I, that's a good point. But Lamar's little, you know, wiggly. You know what I mean? He doesn't really get touched much. He runs out of bounds. I like that. Russell Wilson, and I don't like when quarterbacks do this. I don't like when quarterbacks do this. They, they get they they bulk up, and they're like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like keep my career like going longer because I'm gonna bulk up and take some of these hits from these linebackers. Why? Yeah. Just slide. They run out of bounds. Just don't. Why do you have to run through linebackers? Oh no, I, I do love when quarterbacks hit stick people. Like that time Matthew Stafford ran that dude over, bro. That was my favorite quarterback highlight. But I don't know. I, out of all the quarterbacks, I see Russell Wilson slide the most, like more than anybody else. More than like Drew Brees. I see my boy Drew Brees sliding this year. I think this is my boy Drew last year. I thought last year was my boy Drew last year, but this is this is gonna be Drew last year. <laughs> like if we don't get a Super Bowl, then Drew, you might as well go on home to Brittany, and we're not getting a second yeah. Super Bowl because we're How not. How many kids he got? Yes, four, three boys, one girl. Hmm. Dude, this, how much Adam knows about this guy's like life is wild to me. But, um. So, while I was on that list, I kind of wanted to hear some of your thoughts. So, right as of NFL.com, NFL.com has Ryan Tannehill as the number six quarterback and Jameis Winston as the number 22 quarterback. What do you guys think about that? Where would you put Jameis and Ryan? Ryan, I think, shouldn't be in the top ten. But what do you guys think? Where would he fall on that list? People do – people aren't just like this – um, these trendy things, people like we're we're trendy, we're a trendy nation. Like whatever is like in is what we like. And Ryan Tannehill, 
really, Ryan Tannehill didn't do anything. Really, King Henry did all that. Yeah. But we're gonna because he was the quarterback, and we give quarterbacks most of the most of the credit. Ryan Tannehill, like he beat the he beat, beat the Ravens, and they were up ten on they were up ten on the Chiefs, and they could have beat the Chiefs, but they they put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands trying to pass like the Chiefs, and it, it wasn't working. And the Chiefs came back and won. Um, I think Jameis. I think it's funny. I watched a Florida State game with Jameis his freshman year. And, like, you know how they have the signs on the college sideline? He was squinting his eyes. He would do that every time. I'm like, why is he squinting his eyes? Why is he squinting his eyes? He would do the same thing in baseball, too. Like, he would squint his eyes where the ball is. Well, Jameis wears, like, glasses. And, like, in college he wears contacts, but he couldn't wear contacts in football. So, he got his LASIK eye surgery or whatever. So, you know – Dude, Maybe James, my man can see now. Jameis Winston next year, MVP. Jameis Winston for MVP, let's go. But where would you put – so you kind of gave the good and bad of both sides. Where would you put Ryan Tannehill on the NFL quarterback list right now? And where would you put Jameis Winston? Would you put Jameis Winston in the top 10? Would you put him in the top 15? I'd give Jameis 10. I'd give Ryan 14. Okay. Uh, Gabe, what do you think? Where would you put Ryan Tannehill and James, and or Jameis Winston? I'll put Ryan Tannehill probably like 16, 17. I was thinking 16, 17. Yeah, and then yeah, that made I'll, sense. I'll put Jameis like 12. I think I your, your list is probably more of what I agree with. I think Jameis Winston, even as good as he is, next year he might be top 10, top 5. Um, but as of right now, I would go with Jameis Winston, probably top 12, but probably number 12. Um, and Ryan Tannehill, I think that he isn't a great quarterback. And so next year we might see him as number like 20 or 21. I see him to take like the same way in which Baker Mayfield fell off. I think that they might switch and Baker Mayfield might, might come back and yeah. blaze and Ryan Tannehill might not be nearly as good as we thought he was. And I think that the I think the Titans they're gonna they're gonna ride Ryan, and they're not gonna get to the Super Bowl like they should because that's a Super Bowl caliber team I believe. Yeah. I think they need I think they need to get a veteran quarterback like maybe try to get Tom or maybe try to get Philip or maybe try to get Teddy. Some I just I saw what Ryan did in Miami, and he didn't do anything. Oh, also I yeah. didn't put this on the list, but. Teddy Bridgewater was 19. Do you think that that is an accurate assessment of Teddy Bridgewater? Yes. Or do you think that that is too high, too low? I think that's basically 18, 19. The highest I put Teddy Bridgewater in the NFL is 16. I think people I think people are riding Teddy because like he played well. But you got to remember who his offensive coordinator is. It's Sean Payton. Sean Payton can make anyone look good. Sean Payton... Sean Payton, and I'm not, and people, when people like say this, they're like, "Oh, you're discrediting Drew Brees and his work." No, I think Drew Brees work. I think Drew Brees plays Sean Payton's offense the best. But when you have Sean Payton, who can, who can erase his whole playbook and be like, "Give me like 15 minutes, and I'll get you a playbook that fits your skill," I think he can make any quarterback look good. And I think that's the reason that Teddy Water look Teddy Teddy Water, Teddy Water, <laughs> Teddy, Teddy Brid- Waters, <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves. Um, I think that's why he looks so good this year because he had Sean Payton as an offensive coordinator. He had Michael Thomas he was throwing the ball to. 
He had Alvin who, who who wasn't really doing as much, but he still had Alvin Kamara back there to rely on. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think nineteen best possible ceiling. Sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. Sixteen. Gabe, where do you think what do you think about Teddy Bridgewater? About Teddy. Do you think that he's nineteen? Do you think he's too high, too low? What do you think? Teddy too low. I, I agree. And I think I think that's good for him that he wasn't too high just because there's not really any like expectations for him. Like if he goes to a different team and doesn't like contribute, I mean it it will be a disappointment, but I mean it's not gonna be like the end of the world. Yeah. It's it's not gonna be like surprising, but it's not gonna be like unexpected either. You know what I'm trying yeah, yeah. Now now we were talking about Ryan Tannehill and this is one question that popped in my mind. Who is your most overrated player of all time or not all time right now in any sport? All right, so it could be baseball, it could be football, it could be basketball. I'll start us off. I think Kyrie Irving is the most overrated player in basketball. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because Kyrie Irving has all the talent in the world. He has the shot, he can dribble, he has the finesse, he's flashy, all this stuff. But every single time he gets hurt, every single time, every single time, every single time. And it's one of those things in which, like, you can have all that stuff. You can have all the talent in the world. But if you end up – if you can't put it all together and can't put one cohesive season together and get hurt every single time, kind of like J.J. Watt, if you have all the talent in the world, and J.J. Watt does, if you have all that but can't get a cohesive season together, then it's pointless. And that mainly reason I'm saying that is because last week he had to go – under season endings shoulder surgery so adam who is your most overrated of any sport well i have a few people that i think that are really overrated but i think as a i think as a big football fan and who they people most people are calling the goat at football i think i'm gonna call tom brady the most overrated i think tom is a good quarterback and i think he's a very competitive quarterback but Tom's not. Tom's never been the best deep passer. He's never been the most accurate quarterback. He's never been. He's never been a scrambling quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not the smartest. Um, he can call plays at the line, but not like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers can. Um, he just kind of been in the position where he just gets wins. Um, you know, he really not. He he's good at it, but he's not the best at. He doesn't have the most four-quarter comeback drives uh, or game-winning drives or overtime drives. But he's just in a position to win. He has a great defensive-mind coach in Bill Belichick, who I think who's made Tom Brady a defensive-minded coach. Yeah. Where Tom Brady knows all the zones and knows all the coverages. So he's like, if they run this, I know for a fact this is going to be open, so I need a receiver to go there. And I just think he – I just think he's – Bill Belichick has put pieces around Tom to make Tom like this superstar when he's really more out than make Tom like a top three quarterback his whole career, but he's really been more of a eight, nine quarterback in the league. Yeah. And just cause he just, he's, he's not number one at anything. And I think the fact that they're calling him goat because he's number one in rings. I just don't like the way he, I don't like that. I do respect that, he, that he's a winner. Yeah. He, he wins. He's a winner. Yeah. But I just don't don't respect that he's not number one at anything, you know. Yeah, gotcha. that's that's my thing. That's All my right, thing about Gabe, Tom. who is your most overrated any sport? Um, this is gonna, 
this may be a little surprising because this is one of my favorite players. This is who I say I want to play like, like if I could be like any player. But I'm going to go Paul George. Okay. And um, just because I think Paul George, like, was at his peak when he was with the um, with the Pacers as far as, like, team success. And, like, he he went to the Thunder. Everybody thought, oh, the Thunder, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. But, I mean, Paul George disappeared. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Russell Westbrook disappeared too. But, I mean, everybody knew Paul George was the main option. He was the one who was going to get them through because of what he was doing in the regular See, season. I actually thought that – like, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought that, like, honestly, when that big three for OKC got together of, like, Russell Westbrook, Melo, and uh, Paul George, I thought Paul George was going to be the third option. Like, I thought Melo was going to go off, and I thought Paul George was going to be all right, but he wasn't going to be anything special. And so when he went off in the regular season postseason last year, I was like, oh, man, this dude's – legit but keep going i i, I think yeah. i kind of get where you're going with this i mean i i do think he is one of the top players in the nba still but at the same time i i don't think that he can be the number one option on a championship caliber team and expect him to carry you to the championship because he right now he's behind Kawhi. paul george is like missing in action but i mean Kawhi's still led them two wins without Paul George. And usually when Kawhi sits, the Clippers lose with Paul George playing. So, I'm yeah, as of right now, I'm going to say, say Paul George. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think Paul George, yes, I think, like, with the Pacers, that's when he was, that's when he was his best. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think he's been as great as people think he is. They had him, they had him in the MVP conversation last year, and I was like, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Um, he kind of disappeared in that that series against the Trailblazers, and yeah, and now he's behind. Now he's behind Russ. I mean, Russ. Now he's behind Kawhi, which I still think that Paul George is a better scorer than Kawhi. Yeah, I just think Kawhi. I don't know. I think he scores at the right time. I think Paul George will drop forty on like the Hornets, <laughs> <laughs> and then like Kawhi dropped thirty one on the Lakers. So yeah, yeah. So I just think That's, Kawhi yeah. does it at the right time. Uh, also, Jake, what you said about Kyrie, I'm the same thing with Paul George, dude. You've been consistently on and off hurt all the time. Yeah, and like, and I know it's I know it's easy for like us to be like, just stop getting injured. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit harder than you think. It is. <laughs> Because they, look. they go out every every, <laughs> every week. Man, I'm gonna get injured this practice. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get injured this game. Yeah, no. like because you know, and like it's just it's just like getting injured can happen so easily. Like me, I'm still in this boot um, a week and a month and a week after I sprained my foot. So I just I just I don't know. But if he, I wish he would just stop getting injured because he he is a very very talented player. I think he's a top ten player in the NBA, uh, offensively and defensively, three pointer and driving the ball. Um, so, yeah. But I'm I'm not do- I'm not going to change my opinion that he's the smoothest player in the NBA. He is pretty smooth. He is pretty smooth. Now, Adam, I gotta qu- I gotta ask you this because you kind of had some hot takes in our pre production meeting. So Sabrina Unescu, Un- Unescu. Something like that from mm-hmm. Oregon. She had she had the miles major milestone last night of two thousand points, 
a thousand rebounds, a thousand assists, and it's considered the female Miss Triple Double. Do you think that she's overrated, or do you think that she's on par overrated? I think she's on par. Uh, I think she's on par. I think she's a great player. I've seen a couple of her games because you know I'm a South Carolina fan, so you know women's South Carolina, we always uh, you know we always are that brother. You know we all, we almost won it. We almost won it men's and women's one year national championship. But, you know, Gonzaga, they got us. But back on the women's side, I I think that's really awesome. I really I really think that women's basketball has took another step. Yeah. And being – and it sucks because they won't ever get the viewings, they won't ever get the money, and they won't ever get the credit that men basketball players get. You know what I mean? But, like – sorry – uh, but I think that's really impressive, you know, to get triple consistent triple doubles is not easy. Don't matter who you're playing against, you know what I mean? Like, like I, you know, in middle school, not in middle school, and day, at daycare, I was in fifth grade, and we would play with the kindergartens, <laughs> and I would get triple doubles. Hold on, and did you say you were in fifth grade and you were in daycare? Well, like after school, isn't and, daycare like for preschoolers? No, dog, daycare can go up to. Right before middle school. Did you also? Did you say you were getting triple doubles like <laughs> on kindergarten schoolers? I was nasty, brother. I was. I would hit him with the. I'm sorry. I know you can't see. I would do like the fake floater and be like, huh, huh, and throw it to my man in the corner, and he would throw. He would okay, miss it. Okay, so that was. Rebound. So let's describe it to the viewer. So he went up with his right hand, <laughs> took it down, perfected it, then shot it out to the corner, and my man didn't make it. But I got the rebound and I dunked it on them. And I was, <laughs> but triple doubles are not easy. And this is probably when you had that these long ass arms but big ass head. Yeah, I was nasty. <laughs> I was nasty. And yeah, I'm um, so glad you you filled filled in my body. Head. Yo, I was. I'm sorry. We're gonna get back <laughs> on you. But the other day I was looking in. Actually today I got out of the shower though, and I was like, dude, I really filled in my body pretty well. I feel like. Like, I know now, like, my back and my core is not as strong as I want it to be because I'm kind of injured. But I feel like I'm a pretty, like, no, built guy. I, I remember seeing on your face or your mom's Facebook yeah, one time. The dude, the she dude, posted dude. from, like, eighth or ninth grade. Band And, pictures. dude, it would not – I don't even remember. It was a bad picture. picture. I had to <laughs> no, it, was like, it was, like, your birthday. It was, like, your eighth or ninth grade birthday or something. Mm-hmm. And you just see you – with the same smile, the same haircut, except it's super short. But you see, see this big ass head and skinny ass dude. <laughs> I still got more girls than you. Back to the girl and the triple doubles. I think that is really impressive, but I don't think they're getting the thousand rebounds, thousand points. I just don't think it's impressive for men and women. I think it's impressive for women, but not for men because when's the last time? A top. When's the last time a lottery pick stayed for more than three years? Yeah. Zion one and done. Jason Tatum one and done. Um, so many so many players are one and done that men won't ever get a chance to get a thousand points because the season one is too short for them to do it within the one season, and they all do one and dones, and they do stay longer. They're not. They're on the riding the bench. Their freshman year, probably sophomore year, their junior, senior year. That's when they're playing. And still, it's not enough time to get a thousand points. Um, and I hate to say this because I really, 
I'm really one. I'm one. I'm one of these equalist people that I'm like, you know, everybody should be equal. But when it comes to like basketball, it's just not fair to compare men and women. I think if they said she was the first female basketball player to have a thousand points, a thousand rebounds, yeah. and a thousand assists or whatever like that. I think that would have been impressive enough. You didn't have to say you had to bring men into it because now it kind of downplays her accomplishments. But yeah, I agree. Um, I I think that as far as like, um, for the as far as the women go, yeah, that's very impressive. Just cause like, it it's impressive in itself. Just cause like you said, the women they usually stay there four years. So that means like out of all the women that have stayed four years, she's done something that they haven't which is impressive in itself but since they brought men into it now you have us saying like oh the men only stay one year they're one and done so it does downplay her accomplishment because when you bring men into it you're also comparing her to zion yeah tatum to anthony anthony davis davis demarcus cousins you just can't do that and i just i hated that they did the men and i understand they're trying to keep them all equal but just nah nah now now last segment I'm going to give you the the guess the stat line, okay? So, I'm going to give you three players from in the NBA, and you're going to try to guess who they are by their stat line. All right, this should be the easiest one out of all of them. This person has 30.1 points per game, 4.3 rebounds a game, six assists per game. Who is it? Trey Young. Uh, I'm going to go say it again. 30.1. Points per game, four point three rebounds a game, six assists per game. Sorry, I I'll go uh, Bradley Beal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give that one to Buddy that time because it was indeed Bradley Beal. I, it was just the assist. I literally, when you said the assist, I was like, "No, I'm not Trey Young." <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. This person has twenty four point five points per game. He has six point three rebounds a game and four point three assists per game. Kawhi. Ooh. I'm going to go – I'll go Donovan Mitchell. No. It is indeed Brandon Ingram from the Pelicans. Okay, B.I. Now, this person has the 19th best points per game and has the 84th best rebound a game (laughs) and 60th best assist per game. He has 22.1 points per game. 5.1 5.1 rebounds a game and 3.6 assists per game. If you get this one right, I will be utterly shocked. I'm going to go Zion. 22? 22.1, oh, 5.1, 3.6. Oh, that's too little yeah, rebound. No, that's, too little for, that's too little rebound for Zion. I can't. I haven't uh, given you any hints yet, so I can give you a hint. Yeah, give us a hint. What position yeah. does he play? He plays on... Small shooting guard, small forward. Shooting guard, small forward. I know it is. You know, um, I'll go Chris Middleton. No. I'm gonna go Jimmy Butler. No. It is Andrew Wiggins from the Golden State Warriors. He's averaging over twenty points. I like that. Twenty-two point one. That yeah. makes sense. That's about Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. He. He. Yeah. Andrew. He's quietly been doing doing his thing. He started the year off really good. And then he just kind of fell off. He's not consistent with anything. He sucks. He, <laughs> he sucks. He's not good. He's he's he sucks. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he does talk. He, yeah, he, he just does. said that in like a you wanted somebody to I mean, if get he had on you. if he had been like the 15th pick, then it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was the, the number, number one. one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, he well. He was only number one because Joel Joel had a foot issue. And Jabari had a, a, a ACL issue as well, so yeah. Who? Jabari Parker. He still plays? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really play, he but because he's, he's hurt all the time. <laughs> that sucks. He, plays. he was in the same draft as Adol and um, Andrew Wiggins. He's not that old. No, I know he isn't that but old, but it's just. I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of. Giannis is kind of lucky that he got. I don't want to say lucky, but, like, if Jabari was still, like, doing his thing, because there was one year he averaged, like, 20. I don't know if Giannis would be like where he is right yeah, now. I'm with, I'm with, I'm with buddy. If if Jabari was did what he's supposed to do, then there would be no Giannis. <laughs> yeah. Or if if Jabari would have stayed healthy and Giannis would have blew up, the Bucks would be nasty right now with Giannis and Jabari. But yeah, you know, and everything. Well, I think that it's been a good episode. I think we should land the plane. Uh, guys, do you have any words of wisdom, any words of encouragement for our millions and mi- millions of listeners? Man, Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. There's an Emmy in that motherfucker. <laughs> I think that that's a good one to – think that one's a good one to end on. All right, y'all, have a good week.